dental.net. From the Jeff Rose Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, close to it. Derek Duke covers the Big 12 for HeartlandCollegeSports.com. He will join us. We'll take a look at that conference shaping up to be a, a real SOB as far as to try and separate some of these teams. Well, the Bears... Got a little separation on the Packers heading into Sunday no, night. Slow down. <laughs> uh, they're one and zero. So are the Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers. Off on the wrong foot. Let's get Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com. Jeff, what do you make of this? I think we're seeing a changing of the guard in the big uh, in the big uh, in the uh, NFC North. Um, Rogers just doesn't have the weapons. I know he got drilled last year in week number one. Uh, they, the Saints clubbed him, and then Aaron Rodgers and company came back and did what they do. I don't know. It just seems different this year. Maybe I'll have egg all over my face, but that's how it seems to me. Good to speak with you, Jeff Hughes. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, I mean, the one thing I would hesitate with is they won seven straight games coming out of that Saints loss last year. And the one thing Rodgers has shown is that he – he finds a way to make it work. Now, he's never had a cupboard this bad. And if he makes it work this year, it, I won't be surprised. But it'll be as impressive as anything he's done in his career. This is not a top receiving core in Green Bay. It's still, for the life of me, I don't understand why Devontae Adams is, is not there any longer. Um, I think the concern that the Packers have today is not about that receiving core. It's about... Why was Justin Jefferson running wide open mm-hmm. through their secondary for four quarters? And until they solve that problem, because they have to play good defense this year. That offense is not going to go out and score 40 a week. They have to be a good defensive team, and they sure didn't look it for a lot of that game Sunday. Well, let's stay in the division before we get to the Bears and go to the Vikings. Oh, you go from a defensive coach to an offensive coach with that much skill talent around, including Jefferson, things can look a whole lot different Vikings, how big did they jump up, if at all, in your mind after that week one performance? Not a, not a ton. I mean, they, what did they score, 23 points? I, they didn't, yeah. it's, this wasn't some offensive juggernaut performance. This really was, when you watched it, one guy running alone <laughs> yeah. all over the field. And yeah. listen, until Kirk Cousins goes into a big game, whether that's a Monday nighter in November they need to win, whether that's a late game to get into the playoffs, whether that's a January postseason game. Until I see Kirk Cousins win that kind of game, I'm not going to believe he can do it. I don't care who his coach is. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of talent on that roster. I think if you go top to bottom, they're probably the most talented team in the ro- in the division right now. But one team's got Aaron Rodgers, and the right. other team's got Kirk Cousins, and I'll lean on the team with Rodgers for now. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, I was impressed by the Vikings' defense as well. Kendricks was making plays all over the place. Hunter, it was good to see him in the backfield. Zadarius Smith, who comes over from Green Bay, yeah. he was terrific. The hitman's the hitman, and Peterson looked, at least early in the season, like he's found the fountain of youth. So let's get to the Bears, because that was a fun game. I know it was a quagmire, uh, but you know what? Uh, they, they found a way to win a football game over 
a team that a lot of people, myself included, are picking to come out of the NFC because somebody has to, right? Um, well, a win's a win. You're, they're one to know. Was are there some things that they've got to do better? Of course. Uh, but this was a um, this was a game that not many people thought would go their way, Jeff. There is no scenario where where you you cast aside a team winning by nine points who were seven point underdogs. That is a sixteen point swing. The Bears were not supposed to be in that game, and early on, it didn't look like they would would be in that game. But one of those teams on Sunday handled the conditions well. One of those teams came out of the halftime and adjusted and had a game plan for those conditions. And the Bears, first of all, we should all take a step back with this notion that the Bears are a bad football team. The Bears have bad offensive skill players. They are a terrific defensive football team, and we saw that this weekend. They have players at every level of that defense. They have a very good, I think, head coach who's a terrific defensive coach with a resume. I just don't believe that this team is as bad as people think it is. I think the fantasy football people think it's bad because there's nobody to draft them. Mm, yep, yep. But the team itself can play, and they're going to be feisty, and they're going to be in every game. And if you give them an equalizing condition like that monsoon they played it on Sunday, that's a game they're going to win more times than not because they're ready on Sunday to play that kind of game. It's interesting, Jeff, and you put it that way. You're right. I, I fell into that trap, too. Well, who's going to score? How are they going to score? How are they going to do these things, that defense? And how about Ryan Poles? He goes out there without a first-round draft pick this year because of the trade for Justin Fields. He gets the GM job. He knows he's got a lot of cap space in the future but doesn't want to overspend early on. But the celebration, him standing there in the pouring rain after the game, he could have waited in the locker room for the guys, mm-hmm. but he was right there. Mm-hmm. He was excited. The guys are diving into the end zone. For the first time in a long time, I have hope organizationally. Plus, Ted Phillips is retiring. How great's that? <laughs> yeah. Well, we could talk about Ted as a separate conversation. <laughs> but see, here's what I'll say about Ryan Poles. He found a left tackle or an edge rusher in the fifth round of this yep. draft. And, and when you could do that in a draft, the advantage you get on the rest of the league is, is remarkable. And Brisker was out there making plays. He was Gordon terrific. was out there making plays. And, and the two guys in the fifth round, and they seemed to have sorted their offensive line. That, that defensive line, you know, what happens in a game like this is people start to pretend they, they didn't have any preconceived notions. That's a great defensive line in San Francisco. They didn't take over that game. Uh-uh. They didn't dominate the Bears' front the way they were supposed to. The Bears called a very smart game to not allow them to take over. But the offensive line was not, was not overpowered by that group. And the reason is because Braxton Jones can play. And Tevin Jenkins slid into guard nicely. And Larry Borum even had a decent game on the right side. Nick Bosa was always going to win a battle or two here or there, but I'll tell you, if you're a Bears fan today, you're not, not only are you surprised, you're optimistic that there's a lot of good things on this roster right now and a few more pieces next offseason, and they're going to be right there with the better teams in the conference. I thought their draft uh, was, was, I thought it was good at the time uh, with not having a first round pick. And uh, they certainly passed the first test that draft class with, fi- uh, with flying colors. So what, what's Jones status, uh, the, the wide receiver out of Tennessee? Cause I couldn't agree with you more. That's uh, you know, you, you put a very, you, you kind of stopped me in my tracks when you, when you said it this way. Fantasy players don't like this team because there's nobody that they're going to draft and they're going to gravitate to. You're not taking Quan as Saint 
Brown uh, from God's <laughs> right? No, uh, so I can't we, even say it. You, you can't. So what's uh, what's Jones, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, who they were high on in the in the uh, in August camp? Um, what's his status? The hamstring right now, and for a speed guy, a hamstring can be lethal. Yep. So uh, hopefully he's back this week. I think it's more likely he's back in week three. And he is going to be an element of this offense that until we see it, remember, this is sort of a Niners hybrid offense. There's going to be jet motion. There's going to be that end-around component. And I think on this roster, that's him. So they, they, they were never going to try to take the top off a of defense when it's, when it's a monsoon. That was never going to happen. But the guy who they have on this roster who can take the top off a of defense and open things up is Velas Jones. So until we see him back, I think, They'll be, they'll be limited in terms of how much deep stuff they can do. And again, that's, that's the product of having a roster that is in a rebuild phase. You're not going to have depth at certain positions because you've had three or four years of bad drafting and bad personnel decisions. So you're trying to clean all that up now. But I think Vellis gives them a component that they don't have on that offense right now, and that is just extreme speed. And when you put that into that offense, I think it'll change a lot of things. Jeff Hughes joining us. Well, you mentioned Ted Phillips. Let's get into it as he will complete his final season as the president for the Bears. Jeff, you and I speculated maybe the best thing for him was to move off and work on that stadium project. Not even going to do that. He's going to go off into the sunset. What does that mean organizationally for the Bears and, and the future of this organization? Ted has been the boogeyman for Bears fans for a long time, and it has been completely unfounded. The Bears are owned by a group of people, a family, that have no business owning a billion dollar anything. They have no business running a corporation, and that's what the Chicago Bears are. And thankfully, Ted has been around to do all of that work. What does his his leaving mean? It doesn't really mean very much because I've I've tried to explain to people. Ted is hands-off when it comes to football operations. The Bears empower their GM to do everything in regards to football operations. Ryan Pace got a new facility built. Ryan Pace spent millions upon millions of dollars to change operations at Hallis Hall. Ted's going to leave. I got some names for you to keep an eye on. Uh, another Phillips, the guy who runs the ACC, is a lead contender. Mm. They're going after Trace Armstrong. I don't know if Trace will take the pay cut, because that's what it'll be. These agents make a lot of money. So they're going to look for somebody who wants to, to engage a process here that is going to be fraught with a lot of administrative and business work. Building a new stadium, and they're not just building a stadium. It sounds like they want to build a new town out there in Arlington Heights. That is going to be 90% of the next president's work. So whoever takes that job is going to have to be dealing with so much bureaucratic and political nonsense. And it's not a job I would want right now. But from a football standpoint, this is Ryan Poles' organization for the next four or five years. If Fields pans out and, and Poles is able to build around Fields, it won't matter who the president is. Uh, difficult, right, uh, Jeff, or maybe you see it differently, to, uh, to kind of um, have an opinion on Justin Fields, this year's Justin Fields, after that uh, game in, the, in those conditions. I probably was being unfair to Trey Lance uh, earlier in the show because I certainly wasn't impressed by what he did, but it's, it's kind of unfair to, um, you know, to, to maybe – uh, back the quarterbacks into that uh, criticism corner because the conditions were just atrocious. I mean, they were comical. And I sort of said that in the morning and people were ragging on me. Oh, you still have to execute. But you can't execute. 
when, when you're playing in a puddle and there's a storm coming down and you're wearing two gloves. There's no such thing as execution. Neither quarterback had a chance. But here's the problem that Lance has that Fields doesn't. Expectation. Yeah. The Niners think they're a Super Bowl team, and the Bears don't. And Lance can't miss wide-open guys down the sideline and, and expect to keep that job. And I tell people this, and again, I don't cover the Niners, but I have friends who are around that organization. If you think that Jimmy Garoppolo signing, when it happened, was what's called coincidence, you're nuts. They signed him exactly when they always intended to sign him to keep the pressure off Lance. But there are people in that organization who aren't sure Lance is the guy. And Jimmy G is there for insurance. And they are going to come across, they're going to leave that game Sunday, look at the tape, and see a couple of missed guys deep that probably win that game for the Niners. And the reason I picked the Bears in earnest going into this game, and I didn't understand the Niners' love, is because we've just never seen Lance do it. But there was this assumption that under Kyle Shanahan, he would just get it done. Well, he didn't. Now, again, conditions were terrible. They've got a big game coming up this week. He's going to have to play way better than that to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline. And the question is, is he equipped to do that? And how, how could anybody even have an opinion on that? We haven't seen it. Offensive line, it seems like it's been a conversation we've had for a decade since we've been talking, Jeff. Uh, really has. So uh, they rotate <laughs> Tevin Jenkins over on the right side with Lucas Patrick. Patrick working his way back from a thumb injury. Let's say that Patrick gets healthy, completely good to go. What does that do for the offensive line? And Jenkins with it is able to go full time. Is it Patrick moving to center? Would that be the end game they're looking for? Oh, yeah, I think 100%. I think that's kind of been an overblown storyline. He doesn't have full use of his right hand right now. It's a big so move. the notion that he was going to just jump back in and play center, it was very. It was funny to hear all the debate about it over the course of a week because he, was not, he wasn't snapping the ball. And if you're not snapping the ball, you're not really practicing at center. So they want Patrick on the field right now as much as they can. They believe in this five best guys. They worked him in this week. He's got his reps. Hopefully he can snap this week. We'll see. Mustafer didn't have a bad game. They actually liked Mustafer more than a lot of fans do. Uh, and he didn't have a bad game this week. So I would say that the, the end game is Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum. Until then, they're going to keep Patrick in the rotation. They see him as a leader. They think having him on field as much as they can is beneficial. And also, it gives Tevin Jenkins a chance to get acclimated to a position he's not played. So, you know, they split snaps. They both had good games. You know what? I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this as somebody who's covered the Bears. I trust the guys who are making the decisions. Hmm. They seem to have a plan every week now, every practice. That game was planned. I tweeted, and I used some vulgarities, but the Bears have a football. Not you. And it, <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Sponsors, sponsors have made me very aware of my vulgarity. Um, I just thought, I watched that game Sunday, and I thought, they have a coach. Yep. They have a coach with a game plan, and I never felt that way about the last regime. So uh, I thought working in Patrick and Jenkins was kind of ingenious to get those guys into the rhythm of the season. And I think you're going to see more of that until Patrick can take full-time center duty. David Montgomery, obviously a beloved player here with Iowa State. Are we seeing the end of him as a starter? Herbert 
Felt like maybe we were relating to this transition, and certainly in the fourth quarter, it definitely headed that way. What do you see at the running back spot and, and what we saw at Herbert? i got to be honest, what I saw Sunday surprised me, and I'm, I'm hesitant to judge again because they were playing in a swimming pool, but, the, but Herbert just looked like he had more burst. Yeah. He was hitting the hole. He was getting out faster. Um, the yards per, per rush were dramatically different between the two of them. I still think Montgomery will be the workhorse back come Sunday night, but if this trend continues over three, four, five games, this group's not going to be hesitant to, to make a switch there at running back. And I would also add this, and I know there's a lot of David Montgomery fans around. I don't think David Montgomery is headed towards a, a second contract in Chicago. Mm. I, I just don't think this regime looks at that position. If they weren't willing to break the bank for one of the three best off-ball linebackers in the game, and they were willing to break the bank, by the way, they just weren't willing to go to $100 million. I don't see them going to some big number for David Montgomery. When you see on a game like Sunday, what do they lose from, to get to kill Khalil Herbert? What would they lose going to Trusted Ebner? They wouldn't lose much. So I think David Montgomery, if his goal is to get a big deal somewhere in the league, is going to have to play better than he played Sunday. Uh, give me 30 seconds on Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, what uh, what are, the, are the plans for him if they put, plucked him off the uh, well-off waivers at the time? Uh, Smith-Marset, the Vikings wanted him back, didn't get that opportunity. What, uh, what do you see in his Bears' future? Well, what I know is that they really like him. And they, have had, they had a little bit of trouble here with these late signings, Marset, Leatherwood, just getting them into the flow of the action. So I think those are the guys start looking in October. Give three or four weeks and see how they start getting worked into the program. Because for a lot of these guys, this is a, this is a complicated offense. This is an offense that has historically really struggled in year one, no matter where it's been. I, I think give those guys four or five weeks to see where they get worked into the action. And, and listen, I know you guys are in Iowa. I just want to let everybody know in Iowa that the Chicago Bears will not be taking Brian Ferentz off your hands. <laughs> I know that you want us to. We've decided against it. We all had, we had a big meeting. Everybody who covers the Bears and said <laughs> Brian Ferentz should stay where he is and continue to lead that juggernaut Iowa offense for the foreseeable future. Yeah, brutal. It was a rough six quarters <laughs> of me as a fan over the weekend. <laughs> hey, Jeff, Trent, thank- Trent, by the way, Trent, your Twitter feed has become one of the ten best Twitter feeds <laughs> on the entire. It is so depressing. I just laugh and laugh and laugh. I know I shouldn't, but it's very good. Keep, keep it up. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you coming on. Talk to you Take in a week's head. Take care. Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com. <laughs> That's the first time we've done a bear segment that long in a long time. But yeah. It feels like it's warranted because, Trent, it's coming. It's a real organization. Get stock. Buy, that stock you sold? Yes. Swore you'd never well, buy no, it Well, no, I've had the stock the whole time. I just get – it goes up and down. Uh, it, but it, it feels like – there's it's it's coming not this year no not this year you got more cap space than anybody hitting on as many guys as it's looked like they hit in the first draft draft. for ryan poles to do that without a first round draft pick Mm -hmm. and we're not just talking about a bunch of second we're talking fifth rounders yes that are turning into competent starters Mm -hmm. right away in their nfl career that's which tells you something about the roster that was there in the first place but still you pluck the right guy Mm -hmm. to pluck put into that spot and so far so good look it's all about justin fields now Mm -hmm. can is he going to develop which will give you an opportunity wherever you draft because there's a handful of quarterbacks in there is a handful of them maybe more uh, and there's a bunch of needy teams out there. Anyways, we're going to take a look at the Big 12 when we come back. This conference is a you-know-what. 
top to bottom, the parody in this league. It's been fun to watch, and it's going to be, I think, right down to the bitter end. Uh, how's it going to shake out? Derek Duke will opine. We'll go around the league with him next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 106.3 106.3 KXNO. We're to week two of the NFL season, and we got Thursday night football with a good one coming up. You got touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You new customers out there, you can bet just $5 on any football game. You'll get $200 in free bets instantly. And if you want more action, every single one of us can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's so simple. You simply bet on the Chargers or the Chiefs to win on Thursday night. And if the team you bet on leads it by seven points at any point in the football game, you get paid instantly, even if the team you bet on actually blows the game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code KXNO. You'll get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Promo code KXNO at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued to opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering. Restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. If you have a gambling problem, call one with Elite Eye Care. Are you looking for a new dentist? Look no further than Fuller Associates Family Dentistry. They offer a relaxed, family-friendly atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. Dr. Stephen Fuller would like to welcome Dr. Kelsey Edwards to the practice, the third generation of their family owned and operated small business. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines and a new location coming this summer in Altoona. Call and schedule an appointment at 515-266-3437 online Fuller. Wherever you get podcasts. Trent Connor joined once again by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care on University Avenue in West Des Moines. Dr. Heisman, you're one of the few eye doctors that provides corneal refractive therapy in Iowa. This is a unique contact lens that is only worn when sleeping at night, similar to maybe a retainer. And what it does is you're wearing it at night, it gently reshapes the eye to correct nearsightedness. So that way during the day, no glasses or contact lenses have to be worn to have crisp vision all day long. Eye exams, contact lenses, eyeglasses for you and your family. You may have heard me talking this summer about Fat Charlie's coming soon to Urbandale. It's an upscale sports bar serving high-end favorites. Well, now it's open. Just off the Douglas exit on 8035, 121st Street in Urbandale, that's where you'll find Fat Charlie's. And you'll find cold beer, good drinks, and great food. Fat Charlie's now open. Apply, you may receive up to one additional tax. Tax stop to opt out. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you, housing prices are falling, but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market, but it is always a renter's market. Especially when you hire Renner's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits For the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. 
Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting renterswarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. Make sure you tell them Heather sent you in. After the storms hit central Iowa recently, you see companies from all over the country come to Iowa to take advantage of Iowans' misfortune. They're here today, gone tomorrow. You want to stick with companies you know, companies like Wolf Roofing. You know Wolf Roofing will be here long after the storm. They've been here for over 25 years. Wolf Roofing and its employees are central Iowans just like you. When storms hit and misfortune happens, they take care of their own. Go to wolfroofing.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Millery Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Power 5 conferences. You can really look around at four of them and say, well, this team's going to prevail when it's all said and done. Or I'll fall off my chair, Trent, if this team's not in the championship game. But when it comes to the Big 12, difficult to do so. Uh, there's no doubt about it. There's, what, eight of the uh, seven of the teams off the 2-0 and start uh, before conference play begins, obviously, although Kansas knocked off West Virginia, mm-hmm. so that has started. Let's get to our friend Derek Duke. He covers the Big 12 at heartlandcollegesports.com. I said this all the time, but uh, I can't believe that there isn't a Big 12 fan out there that wouldn't know about this site, but if you don't, uh, here you go, heartlandcollegesports.com. Derek, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Conference top to bottom, man. There is so much parody, and it's going to be fun to watch this race uh, and just sit back and watch it unfold. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's, we had a quite the weekend of football uh, last Saturday. I mean, a full slate of games, some big-time matchups, BYU, Alabama. So really exciting to get to see these teams get really uh, tested here in the non-conference. So to me, this was definitely the weekend to watch some great football. It was 13-plus hours of Big 12 football. I think my day started at about 11 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning and ended about, oh, 1.20 a.m. <laughs> Sunday morning. So it was, it was quite a day, but uh, had a fun weekend. Uh, that's very fun, being able to watch it in so many good games. So Oklahoma State, it was my pick in the preseason, so maybe that's why I'm married to them. The fourth quarter against Central Michigan that first Thursday night was a little bit concerning, but overall, it's Spencer Sanders. We've been waiting for consistency to hit with Spencer, and it feels like maybe, just maybe, it is coming. What have you seen out of Spencer Sanders, this Oklahoma State team, different without Jim Knowles running that defense? How good do you think the Cowboys are in Sanders this season? You know, it's really weird because last season, uh, the defense carried that Oklahoma State team so much, and the offense was the one thing kind of holding it back. This year, the defense isn't quite as good, but I look at the offense, I think they're a little bit better than what they were last season. So as a team, I, I believe they're truly more balanced across the board, which may, which may help them out in the long run. But you mentioned Spencer Sanders. To me, he's been absolutely phenomenal this, uh, this season so far in the first two games. Against Central Michigan, I said he was, had a Superman-type performance. Played pretty well against Arizona State. Didn't have his best day like he did against Central Michigan. But Overall, nine touchdowns to just one turnover. That's the big stat for me on Spencer Sanders. If he can continue to play like this in the non-conference and then go into conference play on a hot streak, 
I mean, the sky's kind of the limit. This is the Spencer Sanders we've been waiting on for the last four years, it seems like. And we're finally starting to see those progressions being made uh, with him at quarterback. So he's finally utilizing his feet, throwing the ball, taking care of the football. That's been the one big thing for, for Spencer Sanders. Uh, but, hey, I like some of this defensive pieces. I have, I have some questions in the secondary still. Uh, Dominic Richardson had a big game on the ground as well. So there's some things I really like moving forward for Oklahoma State. I like that young receiving core they have as well. So I really do like the Cowboys down the stretch, and they're going to play a big factor on who goes to the Big 12 title game uh, come December. Uh, Iowa State, I wonder if they're in that conversation for you. They finally got uh, Campbell checked that uh, can't-beat-Iowa box. He'd been, he checked a lot of boxes since he got to Ames. That was the one that was still out there. They did that. Hunter Deckers, uh, a, a couple of mistakes out of him so far, but let's recall this is his first couple of starts. Uh, your thoughts on the Cyclones um, from what you've seen after two weeks? I said before the season there was definitely going to be some growing pains with Spencer Sanders. Anytime you have a brand-new starting quarterback, that, that's just natural. It's going to happen. But what a beautiful disaster that game was on Saturday. It was absolutely <laughs> ugly. Uh, Hunter Deckers obviously didn't have his best game through two picks, although I think one of them wasn't his fault. Uh, Jareel Brock had a big game. Obviously, he had the big fumble. When I look at that game, I mean, Iowa State did everything they could to give that game away. They had three red zone turnovers, two block punts, uh, had a few uh, bad penalties as well. They did everything they could to give that game to Iowa, and Iowa just didn't want any part of it. And I thought Iowa State did a great job. The key to that game for me, the big moment, was obviously the 99-yard touchdown drive um, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a 21-play drive. They converted six third downs on that drive. Hunter Deckers just looked calm, cool, and collected during that whole thing. I mean, that that's going to go in, end up being one of those drives that people talk about at Ames for a very, very long time. Um, but, hey, you know, you mentioned Matt Campbell checking off these boxes. He can finally check off uh, that Iowa box finally because, I mean, he's done everything for that program that they can imagine. So it was a huge deal to get, get that Cyhawk trophy back at Ames for the first time uh, since 2014. Texas comes up short on the scoreboard, but I think a lot of people walked away respecting that program a whole lot more. We remember the Texas's back game. We remember the pomp and circumstance <laughs> what behind it. What game was that that uh, Ellinger proclaimed that? Oh, that sh- was after the Georgia game in the Sugar Bowl. That's the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, the Sugar Bowl. And that we're back in. And it ultimately didn't happen. Sark being down there, a guy that had his own set of question marks. They did it a different way. It wasn't just a great offensive performance. They looked tough against Alabama. We'll see how great this Alabama team is, but your takeaway from the Longhorns, and even in a losing effort, gaining a lot of respect, it feels like. Yeah, and that's kind of been the thing for Texas. It's always kind of gaining respect in a losing effort. Uh, Two or three years ago against LSU, remember against Joe Burrow, college game day was there. It was a night game, electric crowd. Texas just fell short. And I think many of us thought, okay, well, this Texas team is, can compete for a Big 12 title. And that just wasn't the case that year. They went 7-5 and five in 2019. So there's moments where Texas steps up in these big-time games and these big atmospheres. But the problem has always been the rest of the season. It's just they're so wildly inconsistent week to week. That's been the problem for Texas. But when I look at this Alabama game, the one thing that really stuck out to me was the defense. This defense looked completely different than what it has been over the last few years. They held Alabama to just 10 points in the first three quarters. Obviously had some some, uh, late lapses down the stretch in the fourth quarter, but, I mean, they're facing the reigning Heisman winner in Bryce Young, so you knew he was going to make some plays in that game. 
and he certainly uh, broke it out in the fourth quarter with the big touchdown pass. And obviously that game-winning touch, kind of that touch, that run at the end, that set him up for that late field goal. So when I look at that defensively, I think that's probably the biggest thing that jumps out to me has been the play of that defense early. But the other thing offensively was Quinn Ewers looked great. In yes. that first quarter, Texas was moving the ball mm-hmm. like nobody's business, and that's hard to do against Alabama in that Nick Saban defense. However, it comes at a cost because now Quinn Ewers is going to be out for four to six weeks with the AC sprain. So it was it's going to be hard to assess what Texas is going to be for the next few weeks because their schedule, it doesn't get any easier. They play Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State in the next six weeks. So if he's out for those next six weeks, the six mm-hmm. full weeks, they're going to have some tough matchups ahead. And I'm not so sure Hudson Card's going to be the guy that leads them to it. And if you remember during that game, he was also shaken up so he was kind of on one leg as well for most of that game. So it's going to be very interesting what they do at quarterback. But the schedule doesn't do him any favors. And, but hey, they got another big one this week. They're taking on UTSA at home, and UTSA is no slouch. Indeed. Uh, that's a Longhorn Network uh, into the evening hours. Uh, you know, then that Quincy boy, I mean, when he's out running kids from Alabama, that takes some speed, and he was behind those defenses. Here's what nobody had, Derek Duke. Uh, that after two weeks there'd be a coach fired and, well, we got to replace that coach. And one of the names on that list is Lance Leopold, your head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, nobody saw that coming. It's great that they're off to this start with the win over West Virginia. Now they play Houston. They got Duke and Duke's, I mean, they're an ACC team that's not going to contend, but they had a nice win over Northwestern. But Lance Leopold, good to see Kansas. At least early in the season, giving their fans a little something to uh, to get them through what still promises to be a a bowl this season. Who would have thought? You know, after this wild weekend of football we had, that Kansas beating West Virginia would have been the craziest thing uh, to to get off the schedule. I mean, that was just kind of out of nowhere for me. Uh, they're two and zero for the first time in over ten years. They won their first conference game since two thousand nine. Mm. Um, that was a a program defining win for Kansas. Um, Jalen Daniels at quarterback, he's improved greatly over the last couple of years. He's taking those steps he needs to be to become a great quarterback in the conference. The offensive line has been much better than what I thought it was going to be coming into the season. Devin Neal, who I think is one of the most underrated running backs in the conference, they're going to have some issues on defense, so it's hard to say that they're just back completely right now, that they're back to that those Mark Mangino teams right now. But they're, they're making strides to get their defense, like I mentioned, needs to get a few things cleaned up. But, I mean, that was a program-defining win for Lance Leopold. And when I look at this team now and what they just did to West Virginia in Morgantown, that's a team that could win, you know, possibly four to five games. I'm not going to say they're going to get to a bowl just yet, but that was a, a huge win for them. And after the game, there was a video of uh, Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, saying it's a new era. It's a new era. Mm. And it truly does feel like that for Kansas right now. There's a lot to be excited about in Lawrence. And if they if they go down to Houston and beat Houston, I mean, they have a good chance at, at beating Iowa State at 4-0 in a couple weeks. So that's going to be very interesting. Huge numbers that uh, come out from the Saturday night game between Baylor and future Big 12 member BYU. 2.4 million viewers on ESPN. That's a major accomplishment. Uh-huh. And when it comes to television... Hey, I think the uh, everybody in the athletic director's chairs and everybody, of course, at the front office of the Big 12 are going to be circling that one and sending it to Fox and ESPN and everybody else. Oh, without a doubt. That was an awesome game. It was just, it was kind of, it reminded me a little bit of the Cyhawk game. There was a lot of madness toward the end with the missed kicks, but hey, 
give credit to the guys in Provo. I mean, great atmosphere. I talked to many people who were at that game. They said it was one of the best atmospheres they've ever been in. It was certainly a wild night, and we finally had some Big 12 after dark. That was just our <laughs> first taste of what Big 12 after dark is going to be. But when I look at that game, obviously it was a crushing loss for Baylor. There's just so many mistakes for Baylor in that game. They had a missed extra point, a missed field goal in overtime. 14 penalties, that's not something you would think of about a Dave, uh, Dave Aranda coach team. So my biggest concern with Baylor, they still play great defense. I have some concerns about their offense. So I'm, I'm kind of taking back Baylor a little bit. I, I know it was a tough game and a tough road environment, but the way they looked offensively, they were scared to throw the football at times. They ran the ball, attempted to run the ball over 50 times in that game and attempted to throw just, I think, 28 times. So for me, they're going to have to win those matchups on the outside. They don't have a Denzel Mims or a Tyquan Thornton to throw the ball to right now, and I think that's really showing on offense. So they're going to rely heavily on that run game, and I think they're going to struggle maybe during some of the Big 12 games. Baylor in Ames in two weeks. That, uh, that should be a good matchup, no doubt about it. Is, uh, Baylor should get past Texas State and likewise Iowa State with Ohio. Derek, Dirk, Heartland, collegesports.com. Love picking your Big 12 football brain, Derek. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the week, fellas. Yeah, you do the same, Derek Duke. As we catch up on uh, on, on the Big Twelve. So you're fa- you're still sticking with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Yep. Got them at plus five twenty five too. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good number. I'm feeling you good. Got them at five twenty five. Yeah. That's really good. If I had to redo, uh, I took Baylor. Yep. I think I. I mean, I'm kind of locked. I'm kind of locked in on Baylor, I, but they've got problems. They have got question marks. Lost a lot. They did. On both lines. Schedule's tough. All their mm-hmm. tough games seemingly are on the road, including uh, a week from Saturday in Ames. Um, that'll be a fun spot. All right, we'll come back. Trent's play of the day. Miller and Condon Circus Sports sponsors it. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 100 bets off. Joined by Dr. Heidi from Elite Eye Care, University Avenue, West Des Moines, and the Eye Company in Ankeny. Dr. Bell, tell us about vision therapy. Not only are we doing vision therapy to rehab visual issues that are impacting reading, learning, and sports in general, but we're also using vision therapy to enhance visual skills like eye hand cord coordination, timing, reaction speed, and overall accuracy and efficiency. To get started with our sports vision therapy, get a comprehensive eye exam at either of our locations at the Eye Company in Ankeny or in our West Des Moines location. That's Elite Eye Care in West Des Moines and the Eye Company in Ankeny. And online, Eye Doctor Des Moines. Since 1988. Like many of you, my home was hit by the storm recently. My roof had hail damage. And I knew there was one place to call. It's Trent Condon. For Wolf Roofing. I've known the team at Wolf Roofing now for almost a decade. They're central Iowans that care about community and doing the job right. Go with a company that you know. A company from here. Go with Wolf Roofing. Set up your appointment at 515-225-8866. 225-8866. Or online, wolfroofing.net. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. 
Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now is your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400 400- 3550 and online at iowauro.com. A guilt-free football watching weekend after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic is going to join us tomorrow at 11.05. I saw The Athletic was advertising uh, Monday Night Football last night. Did you see that? Did not see that, but know that... Have you seen an Athletic TV commercial? I I haven't. No. Uh, I do know they're also advertising is now on the app. I saw that. And that was one of the reasons that they... Um, enticed you to sign up in the beginning, ad free. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't bother me. It's the same thing. Uh, and I want it to survive. Yes. So if it takes uh, some outside advertising mm-hmm. uh, to clutter the feed or to show up on, I it's mean, fine. It's fine. Yes. Right. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and keep the price as low as you possibly can, but just don't fold. Right. Because then what are we going to do? That's what the New York Times, when they bought this back in January, they said this was going to be a part of it, and here we are. Yeah. So. You know what? There was a lot of people that were upset by that. Mm-hmm. Do you notice a difference? I mean, now that there's ads, that I guess would be the difference, but I, I don't even, notice it. No, in fact, I didn't notice it until I saw that there was a column talking about the ads on there. And I said, oh, I, I guess I didn't even, it didn't even register in my yeah. mind reading right. that that was the case. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, so Stuart Mandel will join us. Mitch Holt is here tomorrow. Then we'll cover the both press conferences today. We'll get a Hawk mm-hmm. reporter and a clone reporter uh, to opine on what they saw and heard uh, today uh, at their respective uh, campuses. All right, Trent, let's make some money. All right, let's do it. And uh, as we did last night, how about Mr. Monday Night? Huh? One and no start. Yeah, I hated you for that, by the way. But I was looking. I mean, not you, Mr. Monday Night. Mr. Monday, Mr. Night, Mr. Monday right? Night, of yeah. course. One of my favorite betting angles in baseball in September is when a team clinches. You fade them the next night. I'm doing that tonight with the Dodgers. Merrill Kelly, who's been so good for the Diamondbacks this year, he's made me a lot of money. And I get him plus 176 against those Dodgers. And Clayton Kershaw. They were partying late into the oh. evening last night. But they've been there, done that before. Yeah, still, it's an opportunity to pop some champagne, All have right. some fun, do whatever you do. D-backs plus 176. All right. Phillies against Alcantara. Alcantara, the numbers are still great. The Phillies loss is so bad. Yeah. And they, you're absolutely right. I'll take them plus 118. And wrapping it up, Baltimore. I'm going to lay the one and a half, get plus 110 on them against Washington. We know what a disaster, obviously, it's been for mm-hmm. uh, the Nats this season. And Baltimore, they're not going to get in. Great story, Trent, but it seems like they've run out of yeah. gas. What a fun story. It though. was a fun story. It's good to see that franchise um, get back. And now that we look forward, no, we don't look forward to next year. We've got football. I don't want to look forward to anything. <laughs> Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Murph and Andy in an hour would be an exception. The drive. Are you sitting in on the drive today nope, with Sean? No, not today. Well, find out who Sean's got today at 3 o'clock. Miller and Connor. Oh, the Fantasy Football Show tonight at 6 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.